What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Crown Hoops podcast. We are on to episode number 51 now, on from episode 50. Uh, we will be announcing the winners of our contest from the last episode at the end of the episode, so stay tuned for that. But as always, I'm Jordan Daly. With me this week, we have Mike White and Ben Okazawa, and a special guest. We have Boston College legend, six-year NBA vet, a few years overseas, played in the Big Three, Craig Smith. <laughs> What's up, guys? What's going on? Thanks for having me. What's going on, big dog? Glad to have you. Glad to have you. All right, so we're going to get right into it. As we do with all of our guests, quick little icebreaker for people out there. We're going to ask you what your favorite team is, your favorite player, and we're asking for current and all-time, and then your favorite NBA moment that you've witnessed. So not necessarily something that you were involved with or can be, um, but just kind of your favorite NBA moment and all-time. Favorite NBA moment of all time. Uh, man, it's so many memories, but I guess for me, it would have to be um, coming home and playing the first game against the Lakers. Um, I know he wasn't victorious, but I think just coming home and playing in front of the Staples Center for me um, was, was something big, you know, being able to see my family and friends. Yeah, as you know, I've been, I was in Boston for four straight years and then got traded to Minnesota. So I was basically at home, away from home for about five years. So to be able to come back, play in front of the Staples, front of my family and friends, I think that was something that was real big, and especially um, just to get to play against Kobe. Yeah, what was that like? That must have been insane. I mean, it's a very short list of people that can say they got to play against Kobe. So that must be something you hold pretty dear to your heart, right? Definitely. I mean, he was the ultimate competitor. Um I mean, brought out my best game every time I played against him, but I just knew he was just that fierce competitor. And I, you know, me being in the league and being a competitor also, I just always like playing against him because it's just like, you're going to get his best every time. His will, um, even if he's not shooting good, I'm, I'm, he's going to be playing tough defense and his energy is going to be on point. And I think that's one of the biggest things because a lot of, you know, when a lot of people, you know, get into, uh, not making a lot of shots or anything like that. Sometimes they don't put their energy on the defensive end to try to make up for it. And sometimes in, within Kobe, his energy was just always around. Whether if he knew he wasn't scoring, he was going to be rebounding, playing defense, making plays, et cetera. Did you ever trash talk with him? Uh, I mean, we, we had some trash talking in uh, the Drew League, actually. Um, he actually picked me to be um, on his team of Drew League All-Stars. And he comes up to me, he's like, man, every time we play you, you'd be kicking L.O.'s butt. And, you know, we're chuckling back and forth. And I'm just like, yeah, Cole, but you can see that every day if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, you know, so. Going back, who is your favorite team? Like, is the Clippers your favorite team? Just because, you know, obviously they're your hometown team. You play for them. Lakers are also technically that hometown team. Or do you root for Boston because you played there for so long? I don't know. Really why have I a Boston. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not a. I guess I'm. I'm. I'm not a fan as far as teams. I'm more a fan of players. Okay. Um, that's just kind of how I grew up. Um, that's just the way, like I do things. So I don't really have a favor as far as L.A. or Clippers. Like I've always watched both teams. I, I'm not a one to. I guess, uh, choose a side because it's just like for me, like for what I play basketball, I love basketball players. 
it doesn't mean anything to me about teams. Yes, there's winners and losers, but I mean, that's it in every sport. But at the same time, I'm, I don't pick. That's just me. You can ask my friends too. They give me crap about it. Like, man, you'll never pick. But I guess the only, the only way I pick is football. Let's just be honest. Okay. And I know the answer to this. I just want you to say it. Who's your favorite team? My favorite player is Tom Brady. Oh my God. Here we go. <laughs> it is. It's, it's the truth. I got a really, I got a really good story. Um, I was a 17 year old kid where I went into Worcester Academy. I turned on the tube one day. LA, we've never had loyalty. That's how I presented as far as football goes. We never really had loyalty. It's always in and out like the burger, right? So I turned on the tube one day. This guy named Drew Blesso gets cracked. I'm like, geez, <laughs> right? And then I, I get on and it's like, yeah, they got this six-round kid that they're kind of big about, Tom Brady. I'm saying, what, the last pick in the draft? Oh, I like this. I've been an underdog my whole life. This is something comparable. I can relate to this. Comes out, wins the game. I'm like, okay, I'm going to start watching this guy. <laughs> I ain't know he's going to win the Super Bowl after that, but that's just how it started for me. That's awesome. What about basketball? Who are kind of some of your favorite basketball players, whether current, all-time? Current, all-time, let's go with Magic, the Magic Man first. Um, Magic Johnson, I, I really like him as a player. I'm a fan of Lloyd Vaught. I took a lot from Rodney Rogers. Um, my big bro, Cedric Sabalis. That's why Woo! I feel like I'm tenacious on the offensive glass. Um, come on, man. Kobe. Um, let, let's go with some other ones. I like Danny Manning. I thought Danny Manning had cold game. Um, the list goes on. I love Brent Berry's confidence in his free throw game. I love Isaiah Ryder when he first came out in the first two years with the T-Wolves. Nasty. KG Nasty. will always, yeah. KG Nasty. will always be an all-time for me just because I play with him. And not only that, growing up and watch him play and then knowing that's how he really is. <laughs> oh, it was uh, you, you know what I'm saying? So oh, yeah. big bro Paul Pierce, some of his game. Um did I say Charles Barkley already? No, not yet. Nah. Barkley, come on, man. <laughs> um, I mean, the list goes on, dude. And don't get me wrong, let's WNBA, Cheryl Miller, beast. Okay, you know, so just a few. Yeah, Shout out Lisa cool. Leslie, you know. Yeah, I remember on your Instagram, Skylar Diggins. I'm a fan of Skylar Diggins, too. I'm yeah, a, a few months ago on your Instagram, you posted a picture, like a throwback picture. Uh, I think it was like a throwback from the Olympics with a couple of WNBA players. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty Yeah, cool. so I got I had a what was cool was um my junior year going to my senior year um we had the what games was that? It was like it was in Izmir, Turkey. I think it was the World University Games. And yeah, Cappy Pondexter, Sylvia Fowles, um of course Simone um who am i forget it's it was a ton of ladies on that team who were all pros and i think a lot of them maybe like seven or eight are still playing today That's awesome. so that that was an incredible experience yeah let me just jump in real quick and ask you because you mentioned kg i know you played with him for a little while grew up watching him people have been coming out lately and kind of saying that he's not what he appears to be he's all bark no bite people have been calling him soft basically 
set the record straight as his teammate and as someone who's played with and against him, what did you see from KG? Like, is, is, is that all talk or are they kind of talking out the book? So I guess when I'm talking, I'm talking about the tenaciousness, the I'm so hungry for this win. I don't think it necessarily has to do anything with like fighting or how manly you are. So my thing is, as far as energy, as far as getting us together and preparing us, I felt like KG always did a great job establishing the great energy to fuel us to make sure we come out and we have great games as well. I felt like all our practices were really good because we had a guy like him who was a teacher within itself. And when you have a guy like that who, and which when I was drafted was already calling him a Hall of Famer just because of his mind and what he brings to the game. And in that year, he taught me a lot about the game. And I think that's what's most important. All that trash to talk and stuff is whatever because not a lot of people be fighting anyway. Like, let's keep it 100. Don't nobody like to lose their money. We always say like, hey, meet us in the back or something like that. You know what I'm saying? But on the, on the court, like, it's whatever. You can smell... You can smell softness or whatever, but at the end of the day, ain't nobody going to really do nothing unless they, you know, want to take it out after that. And the probability of that happening between basketball players, who really wants to get in trouble or get known like, hey, I was out here doing that. You know what I'm saying? Unless you got a big bag and you want to waste it. Hey, look, I would never – if I made an NBA, I'm not fi- I'm not fighting you, bro. We can go at it all night. I'm not wasting the penny time. Don't even worry about that. You got it. You could be the tough guys. Right? Now, back in the day, it was a little bit easier. I only get $100 just to smack somebody. Like, okay. You know what I'm saying? Based on your, based on your salary, it's, yeah, of course you can smack somebody for 50 or 100 But that joint add up, you get two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight thousand you know what i'm saying okay they throwing 50k at people now yeah 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 it's crazy watching those man like the daryl dawkins or like even kareem when he got elbowed in the gut and he came back yeah. and popped the guy out of that well when rudy t man like yo, oh that was God. crazy crazy hey, I got barbaric a for you. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I got a question for you. you said you played with kg you talked about his leadership outside of kg who are some of your favorite best leaders you ever seen in the NBA or in basketball in general? Mm, just in basketball in general. I won't even say like in team, but in general, I like Chris Paul. I like his leadership. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's a floor general. Definitely. I like his leadership a lot. I like, I like Kawhi's quiet leadership sometimes. Yes, you have to be vocal, but sometimes you got to let your work do the talking. You feel me? In majority of his years, he let the work do the talking. And I feel like, only now he has to come in and be verbal, but I, I like that type of leadership as well. Um, another guy, I mean, I've, I've, I've been on great teams, great guys. Um, Troy Hudson was a good leader for us. Okay. Good vocal leader. Uh, Ricky Davis. I got to shout out Ricky Davis. My guy, Boom Dizzle, Baron Davis, of course. I mean, I can't, I can't forget about that. Um, Jamal Crawford. Played with Jamal. Um, Jamal is very knowledgeable of the game and a great voice in the locker room. Great guy. Um, so I guess those those will be some of my guys. Awesome. Okay, yeah. All right, let's get ahead, into Jordan. it with some more questions focused towards kind of your career. So obviously you played six years in the NBA. Right after that, you decided to go play in 
So I want to say Jerusalem, but I've watched some of your past interviews, and I know that's not how it's pronounced, right? <laughs> yeah, it's Jerusalem. Okay, so you played in Jerusalem, is that how you say it? Yeah, they normally it's pronouncing a J with like a Y, like that's the pronunciation. Okay, okay, Yerusha. so you, you played there after uh, your one-year stint with Portland. Yeah. Um, so kind of what made you shift your career to – what made you want to like go overseas and what was that kind of transition for you from going to like, you know, the, the top league in the world in the NBA and then all of a sudden, you know, going overseas and playing something that's probably a lot different than most people here will never experience. What was that kind of like for you? Yeah, it was a, it was a culture shock for me. I didn't really understand um, why I didn't really have a lot of offers in the NBA. Didn't really understand that at that time. Didn't understand the the reasoning, but understood, though, because we just came out of a lockout that this, you know, going overseas thing might be a good situation. And it was all in a learning experience. I was tired of, like, getting excuses that, you know, I love the way, you know, the coaches go, I love the way you're playing. I love the way you're doing things. I just, I, I can't get you out there on the floor. Sick and tired of those excuses. I'm, I'm really good at what I do, and I deserve my opportunity to play. So it's like, you know what? Let me just go over here and see how that is. And boy, was it a total experience. Because you mean coming from the NBA, it's like, you know, coming from like, <laughs> uh, what, what's the lady's name in Casablanca? What's her name? White, the White Diamond Lady? I, keep uh -huh. I, you about, I can't remember her name. Big time, right? Okay. Um, Elizabeth Taylor. There we go. Okay. Imagine coming from Elizabeth Taylor's house. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, I got to go down into an area that I don't know at all. That <laughs> I'm a, I go from Elizabeth Taylor's house to a rivalhood. <laughs> That's how I'm going to compare it. Because it's just like, well, where am I? But then it, it gets weird because it's like, you know, there's actual goats in the road. Like, what is going <laughs> on here? And don't get me wrong. Israel's a very, very beautiful place. I tell people all the time, you should go. You should have an experience in Israel. I'm driving on the one road. The one road goes from the, free, the airport to Yerushalayim. So it's really like two roads. You know what I'm saying? It's like when you get in... And you're trying to go from California to Vegas, and then it gets like literally two roads, one going this way and one going that way. Basically, one going north, one going south, right? So it's so much desert, and I'm like, yo, I don't know how long I can hold, because um, I need to go to the bathroom. Like, how long is this ride? And they're like, well, we're going to have to pull you over. So first, I had to pull over in just in the middle of nowhere in a dirt, rocky road and just let it out, you know? <laughs> And being paranoid, I'm like, yo, is somebody going to jump out? You know, like, you know, you think of things in the Middle East, it's like, yo. But we finally get there. It's a beautiful, windy road. It's really green. Um, the, the mountain's really hilly and green. And I was like, man, I just felt all this energy here. And having an opportunity of, like, when I got to my place, my place was basically on the top of a hill, and I could see the whole city. Um, of Yerushalayim. I really thought that was a dope experience, um, having great teammates, um, not even, not only great teammates, but just, I can be walking anywhere in that city and they will come and show me the ultimate love. Now, me being a black man in America, that doesn't go that way all the time. Right. And that's a big experience for me, you know? We appreciate you, brother. We love you. 
you know, treat me like a king. So I, you know, I, I love it. And I really did some really cool things. I went on a, like my, my, uh, went to the Western wall. I put a prayer in the wall. Um, I went to the Dead Sea. I purified myself. <laughs> <laughs> and people don't understand this. Like, like the Dead Sea is real healing in that. So I had like, you know, in basketball, you get scratches on your, you know, your hand or your wrist or whatever, right? So I walk in and my, as soon as I walk in the water, my, my arm is sizzling. Like I just put some hot ramen in the, you know what I'm saying? In the boiling water. But when I come out, I have a scab on it already. And it's a fresh cut. Wow. All that salt, all that salt in there. All that salt, all the salt. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, (laughs) it's a really, really beautiful experience. I hope one day to have a home near Tel Aviv, but uh, I I definitely, I definitely love Israel. That's awesome. Yeah, so I, I, go ahead, go ahead, Mike, go ahead. Yeah, so I was going to ask just about so the basketball aspect going from the NBA to let me make sure I say it right. Jerusalem, that's how you say it. Jerusalem. 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 So just looking at the basketball aspect, going from there to uh, there, I know the NBA was obviously tougher, but as a player who's came over there, you was probably putting in work. How do you stay, what's the word, level-headed, grounded, grounded? Like, yo, I need to continue to grind, even though the competition may not be where it was in the NBA. How do you keep that focus going on? Yeah, so what was crazy was I, I did feel that way, but then at the same time, there's these refs in the game that sometimes they don't they don't agree with you in your style. And for me, it was a little bit frustrating because it's just like I'm over here getting beat up. I barely touched somebody. You want foul? You want to? You want to put a foul on me? You know what I'm saying? So that was really difficult. But I made adjustments like any good player does when he watches film. I studied. I studied um, kind of the rules. Had a better understanding of it. But then. What I also did was, I know I was in a, another country, and I knew most Americans aren't trying to understand the culture, especially like I'm trying to understand it. So you know what? When we got certain these plays, we're gonna call them in Hebrew. By time that by time the uh, American know what the play is from um, his Israeli teammate, I got a bucket already. It's too late. <laughs> Let's change the game now. Let's start calling it out in your language. And let's throw the Americans off, because I'm gonna understand that. Mm-hmm. That's good. So that, that that went really well, but then it was some unfortunate situations, and I didn't like that. And that was one of the reasons that I got up out of there. Um, Jacob Pullen, they had cut him for no apparent reason, mm-hmm. and I was mad about that. And I voiced my opinion in the paper, and. And the coach wanted to cut me after that for voicing my opinion and then said really negative stuff, which I didn't really care because it was just like, let me be the sacrifice because for one, at the time, they didn't have ownership. The the real owner was lost, literally. Like, he he disappeared from his boat and went on his boat. Oh, he was lost, lost. Wow. He was lost, lost. <laughs> lost oh, you lost, lost. <laughs> like, you know where to be fat. Got it. Okay. Yeah, no position in the power, really. And it was one GM that was there that already just, he retired. He said, I don't want to do it no more, like, midway. 
So they like dealing with that and like uncertainty of things. And then I don't know what you guys are doing. And this is much different over here, but I do like it. So that was my sacrifice, but I got to come back a second time and um, really do something special with a great team too. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, I mean, I feel like this is every kid's dream. Um, Mike Jordan, I'm sure you guys have pictured yourselves on the cover of Sports Illustrated, but Craig actually got there when he was with Boston College in the uh, NCAA tournament there. What did that feel like when you found out you were going to be a, a Sports Illustrated cover athlete? And then when you actually see it, what's that? What's that emotional? So I didn't even know at first, like they surprised me and everything. So um, we're just, we're headed, we're heading to go to Minnesota, I believe. And I'm walking um, to the, the part of the Clearport because then we started going private. So it was a little bit different. We wasn't taking charter planes anymore. <laughs> we were going private. So I get up and I look at my, my, room, my roommate, um, my roommate that I went to school with, not only was he was, how do I say that? Not ball boy, but my guy was a manager. Sorry. Okay. My guy was a manager. And he has this weird look. And I'm like, what are you looking at, dude? Like, <laughs> a weird ass look. What are you looking at? And he just hands it to me. And then it just felt like <laughs> somebody was singing from the heavens. <laughs> oh, to be for she. <laughs> right? And then I yeah. see, I'm like, oh, this is tight <laughs> oh, like this is hard like yeah. hey let's go get this win <laughs> let's go get this win now you know what i'm saying like oh, I'm, I'm on the so cover let's amped. do it <laughs> let's do it and i feel like you know being a young guy back then too i was like oh man it's, it's gonna be police ladies it's gonna be uh, all type of ladies <laughs> i made it <laughs> how many copies Great. of that cover did you buy Yo, my mom has like 90. <laughs> but um, I, I find them every once in a while, too. Like, I find, like, this one is, like, cut up, open, but it's still there. And I'm like, I don't even know how this survived. Obviously, it's one behind me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, my mom got a gang of stuff. That's she awesome. just be holding it. That's okay, yeah. man. You part of history, man. Part of history. Yeah. Gonna, you already know how my dude's gonna do that. You part of history. Man. You already know. That's why I need the tacos for show. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Craig. We have a big, big, big Lakers fan in here with Mike. So I know he's been dying to ask you a question about one of your former teammates. Uh, yeah. Hey. So look, man. A lot of NBA Twitter these days, they be giving my boy Dudley a lot of flack right now. They be giving my boy – they even want him on the roster. And I'm just like, y'all really don't understand the IQ, how long this man – but y'all ain't never seen nah, – you need Ray to Ray say Ray that Ray. again. Nah, I'm going to have you say that <laughs> Say it again. Say it again. Y'all don't understand the IQ this man has for the game. Why do you think he got a spot and he barely playing? So please, can you please show some love to Jared Dudley, ACC Player of the Year, praise <laughs> to the back like Omarion. Please show my man some love, man, because NBA just don't know. I love Dads, man. Dads is my brother, man. You feel me? And it's just like this. Those people that are talking, they just don't understand how it works. And Dudley's been a great, great asset to this Laker team. You, I don't know if you win if you don't have this guy, because this guy's over here having film sessions with LeBron after every game. Not only that, it's just this built 
of his his work. First of all, when I when I was in there, I had Troy Bell, right? And Troy Bell left. I didn't know what was gonna go on, who was gonna be my partner in crime, and he comes out of nowhere. And this is the crazy thing. I seen him at ABCD camp because I was a coach, uh, right? I see him on the on the team with Dwight Howard, and I'm like, damn, who is this guy? He's nice. And next thing you know, he's on our campus in August. <laughs> Walking in. And then, yeah, finding out Gus is from Cali, too, like me. You feel me? Like, it all, it just all panned out. You feel me? And I'm so happy for my brother. You feel me? Because he deserves it. Man works really, really hard. He's very, very smart when it comes to this game. And a lot of people don't understand that because it's just like, hey, when we're on social media, all we do is critique people. So why not? You feel me? When we don't have, when we don't know what it takes to really be in that position at all, all we can do is heckle. Right. All right. We had a few questions sent in from our listeners. So we're going to kind of go rapid fire here with those. I'll start off with one. Someone sent in a question asking what your favorite memory of your pro career is. Um, so we'll make that an open question. You can make it college, NBA, big three, whatever. Just kind of your favorite moment or a couple uh, of can't narrow it down. Oh my God. One of my favorite moments was actually my second NBA game. Um, we're on a back-to-back. We just, won at, uh, we just won at home against Sacramento, and we're going against to play the Denver Nuggets, and I have 20 points in 16 minutes. Wow. Ooh, okay. My second NBA game. <laughs> That must felt nice. It was a great feeling. Then I got like this fifty dollar card after. Like I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Where we go to this next city? I'm about to get some free eats. Fifty dollars. A lot of food. I, I got one for you. I got one for you. So you can only pick one from each. Only one. Your favorite. Oh, man. Yeah, only one. I know somebody gonna call you and hate you after this, but it's okay. All right. I need you to pick one favorite teammate from college. And your one favorite teammate from the NBA, just one. All right, one in college is going to be easy. My roommate for four years, Lewis Hennett. I got to give it to him. That was my roommate for four years. And that's tough to have a roommate all four years. If anybody, everybody know how college work, four years with the same roommate, but that's my bro. So I would definitely say him. Um, great teammate. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I, I always loved DeAndre Jordan's character. He was a very okay. funny guy. He was a great guy. He's a good guy to be around. He's young, but he's very smart. But he was so funny to me. Okay. I like that. All right. So I'm, I'm going to ask you this one. Um, first NBA game, I mean, obviously, it must have been a lot of nerves. I hear that it's always butterflies in your stomach going into that first game. Step onto the court. What's your what's going on in your head? Uh, so yeah, normally you get like I'm gonna be honest. I, I did get butterflies, but like once I stepped on the floor, it was almost like turning into T1000, or like the term like it's war. It's war. I'm trying to take your head off. I'm trying to get these buckets, get these boards. I'm trying to get extra minutes. Because I know you, I'm going to come in, y'all want to give me 20, but if I play good, it might give me 25 to 30. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Just a little <laughs> you know bit. what I'm saying? Just a little <laughs> bit, man. You know, so I want to step on the last toes. Give me a little F5. I've been 30 minutes. I, I'm double-double easy with cheese. Nice. Yeah. All right, I got I got another one for you. Yo, yeah, my bad. You want to go? You want to get that No, next are one? you? Okay, I'm going to go to the next one. I want to hear this. 
hardest player to guard or go against? Who is the hardest guy? In fact, give me the hardest guy, and then give me a guy that people might not know about who is also equally as hard. Yo, so people that didn't know, Romanovich. Romanovich. Yo, he was quicker than I thought on the perimeter. <laughs> he got me a, a couple times, you feel me? So that that was difficult. And I mean, Tim Duncan. Yeah, that has to be. Tim and they got and the guy's so smart. Hey Craig, what's up? How's Minnesota going? It's, cool. it's not like Los Angeles, but I'm like, you just do know everything about me. This is crazy. Like, you know, like, like intimidation though. Nah, I mean it wasn't intimidating me, but I, for me, I thought it was cool that you knew stuff about me. That means I'm doing something right. You, you know what I'm saying? If you know you something about me, I, I, yeah, I'm doing something right. <laughs> so then, you know, so if like, and he follows me. So it goes like that. It goes from me in Minnesota, now I'm in LA, and he's like, how's home? I'm like, oh, Tim, you out here. Stop trying to knock me off my game right now. That's awesome. But that's a, it's pretty that's cool. A, that's a strong TD impersonation. I feel like he always sounds like a little bit, a little bit weird like that. I don't know. Yeah, like you just come in, just... Yeah, I'm about to windmill this dunk right now. <laughs> what? As he drop a calm 30 and 20. Right? Okay. Calm. Calm 30 and 20. He'll be like, bank. <laughs> Ugh, I hate it. Hate it. Stop talking. <laughs> it's too simple. Kind of speaking about Tim Duncan and, you know, a few other big NBA names, what was it kind of like to, you know, play against or play with, you know, some of those big name players that you looked up to or you watched growing up? Was there ever like a – like a fanboy moment or like, oh my God, I'm going against, you know, some of the greatest people to ever play the game or was it like all game for you? I was a little bit of both, man. I was excited, obviously, to be around these these Hall of Famers, you know what I'm saying? And to have these type of experiences. But I knew if I needed to get respect or them to dab me up and not look at me like no buster, I better go out here and put this work in. Mm. So for me, it was just all about putting work. And I mean... Just even having the moment of Magic Johnson telling me, welcome home. Like, I'm doing something right. Wow. I'm doing something right. So, do you, you know, like, being in that. So, when we were in Minnesota, I think this is the closest I got to Jordan. You feel me? Jordan, like, comes down these baggy pants, you know. He, <laughs> he got the 90s baggy pants on. And he just comes down, he's sitting, he's talking to Mikhail. And I'm just like in awe, like, dang, himself. I feel it. I feel it. It's over there, but I feel it. You feel me? His airness. <laughs> exactly. So it's just, it's just cool. And I mean, being young, like I've always seen, I've seen Danny Ainge a few times, you know? Danny Ainge been at our games. Bill Belichick's been at our games. And it's, yeah. you know, so... And then, like, I just seen this, too, when I played against Kobe. I think it was my first time. Mark Wahlberg was at the game. So I don't feel like to be a crazy coincidence, you feel me, (laughs) being at these Boston ties, so. Everything's telling you to just come back to Boston. Uh, That's crazy. To the bean. It's too cold, though, man. I'm going to be honest, man. I'm a spoiled (laughs) L.A. guy. You feel me? It is very If it's below 45, count me out. (laughs) <laughs> count me out. Coach Skinner, count me out too. He's like, um, there's one time I, I literally like 
it was freezing out there, and I, all I heard on the on the old school tube TV was Blizzard. I touched the window. You know, I touched the window. I'm like, nah, I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Skinner's like, hey, you missed class. I said, look, check this out. You knew what you was getting into. You knew I was a Cali kid. What the fuck is this outside? I'm like, what is this outside? What is this outside? What is this? This is like this feet of snow, bro. I never seen this in my life. He's just laughing on the phone. <laughs> and then I have 5 a.m. sprints the next day. Mm. Hell no. Nah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's 28 degrees uh, here. So if you ever I bought me some Tim's then. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Them butters. I had to get them butters. <laughs> For real. Hey, all colors. Had the black ones, the, the weed regular ones. I think I even got the platinum ones, too, because I had to to go with the Fat Albert Fubu. <laughs> you get the beef and broccoli? I know. Nah, I didn't do the beef and broccoli. I think Jermaine did the beef. Jermaine, because, you know, Jermaine, Jermaine had every Timberland. Jermaine Watson, my old teammate, was from Boston. Okay. He had every Tim. Beef and broccoli, the butters, all all black. I need it. I like the butters. But I feel like for my foot, it looks too big, bro. Like the the blue. Yeah. It looks huge. Look like I got two, two foam rollers on there. 16. Oh hell no! Nah. Nah, yeah, they're, they're huge. <laughs> yeah, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> you gotta get shoes like custom ordered. I feel like most places I don't even see like size sixteen shoes. Um, anymore. sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. It just yeah. depends. But a lot of Nike shoes, like, hey Nike, this is a real shout out for the Rhino. I appreciate it, but I would love to get in some Air Max one day. <laughs> I've never had a pair of Air Max in my life. Um, I've had a Presto back in the day, but not now. Mm-hmm. You know, I would love to get in a Presto today, or you know, the only thing I can get is Jordans and Kobe's. Yeah, I, I want some lighter shoes to walk around in versus my slippers. <laughs> please help me, Nike. Please. Oh man, Mike, I think you got the next question. All right, so let's talk about this year. Let's talk this NBA season. Um, okay. What are some of your thoughts on this year so far? Who is your Favorite to win the championship, and who's the sleeper team that you like out there, or a few of? All right. So this NBA season, I'm just seeing how KD and Kyrie are. Mm-hmm. Um, I see they're going through a little bit of turmoil right now. Um, I do feel like the championship, it could be going through LA, and I might be modest, but I know it's because of last year, but it can go either way. I have a feeling about that just because of what happened and how it happened last year. But at the same time, um, my sleeper, I mean, my sleeper's always P-Town because I love Damian Lillard. And it's right. just like, yeah. now you got, now you got Canner back. They got some good additions. Mellow's still out there. Um, so I, I really like them. And the champions definitely coming out of the West. Always have, always will. Sleeping Until you Celtics, have, man. I love them. Sleeping on them. How how many games is Kimba going to play this year? Great question. Doesn't matter. Peyton Pritchard is looking. Team chemistry is big, and that's why when he came in last, like even you can see it in the bubble, he missed some games, right? And then when they got to play that Heat, it was a struggle. Yeah. So no, so even though he's 
he can be playing not as well right now, but he needs to be out there. They need to feel that because it ain't come playoffs. They gonna they gonna strap up on Tate. And I love Jason. I, Jason's a, a real talent. He's he will be MVP one day to me for sure. Um, but you know he's young, and that play. You know how that playoff beast is because you can see it from Giannis. Like, hey, Giannis. I'm gonna need you to start shooting outside a little bit hey, more because once the playoffs come, they go they go strap that up. They gonna strap you ain't gonna be taking off one dribble from half court because everybody gonna be there already. I would have loved to see you on Giannis. That would have been insane. Oh yeah, do your little rhino back down. Jog, yeah, because I feel like you're not you're not just gonna punk me in the basket <laughs> thing. You got all these nice little deltoids. <laughs> like, look at these little deltoids. They look nice. What's funny is I I could have been there too. You know I. The opportunity to be drafted at 39 during my draft by the Bucks, that was a big chance. I really could have went there. Wow. Because yeah. that was their only pick. And I felt like I've been there like two, three times because of the NCAA tournament. Like, I beat Bogut out there. Okay. And that's why I was like, how am I getting disrespected? Like, this is the number one pick. I went to work. <laughs> Much respect. I think he's a great, you know, he's a great guy. He's a champion. Yeah. But give me my respect too, you know. Yeah, put in work. So, but but yeah, that almost happened. That almost happened. That was cool. Yeah, and I mean, hey, speaking of just disrespect, I feel like you weren't as highly touted coming into the big three as other guys. How did that whole league kind of become part of your story and talk about what it means to you? I mean, for me, it just felt like I was watching something I was familiar with. To be honest, you know, yeah. everybody's gonna doubt. This is the same story for me. Like, oh, this is this is an easy one. All oh, you guys are gonna doubt me. Oh, you think I? Boy, I can't wait. So I'm just sitting there, literally waiting. And not only that, it goes in the beginning because, like, I wasn't even starting. There was Gil wasn't showing up for the first game, so Frank was gonna start with Royce and Perry. Right. And then Lamar taps Frank on the shoulder and says, Hey, I think I should start with um Perry and Royce. And Frank's like, All right. <laughs> and I'm like, I know I'm gonna have to come in in, in the first yeah. ten minutes. Something's gonna like all right, something with the energy here. I know I'm going to have to come in and, and do what I have to do. And that's exactly what happened. Royce got into a fight the first three minutes. <laughs> and we got subbed out the, the next two minutes. And me and Frank got put right in. I'm like, hey. But but I already had played with Perry. So Perry knew what I was working with. Perry looks me in the eyes and says, I know who you are. I need you right now. Go to work. <laughs> Go to work. Yeah, I mean, kind of so like little bro. Yeah, little like bro, I, I got you. Yeah. And I come out. I have, I have twenty six. Nice. I'm twenty six. Yeah. But at first, I was mad because I was like, my first three point shot, I missed, and I was hot. I said, I'm not missing no more. So we offensive rebound. Bam! I hit it. You know, they get the ball. So they get the ball. They miss. I come out of a pick and roll because Frank knows my game, too. Frank says, it's a screen for me. I'm going to come up. I'm going to pull two in a row. Now, yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah. 
Now you know you got to come out here and guard this. <laughs> now the game plan changes for me. Now the pump fake works. You know what I'm saying? Now now I got a more of a repertoire. See, people don't even understand that. How do I add that to your game? Like, okay, yeah, I'm a three-point shooter. If they know I'm going to shoot, what do I need to do differently now? And now it's like, oh, I could set them up, pump fake, take a step back dribble, or I need to work on my floater or layup game because I'm going to have a wide open layup or a floater over a big. And these are some things I got to get used to. Yeah. So for me it was cool because it's like, oh yeah, I'm bringing out the big guard. Yeah, that stretch that stretch five or I guess in the big three it's a stretch three mentality. Right? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean I was gonna say it's kind of like that second game in Minnesota. Uh, you just got to prove it. You just need that opportunity. Yeah, just need the opportunity, and and I'm a gamer. I'm gonna go out and do it. You know, that's one thing about me that I do know. I'm a gamer. Like I can be sitting here right now. Somebody go ask me to play. I could put a forty. <laughs> oh, really? Remind me. You, that you ain't gonna think I'm gonna be able to do it, and that's what I like about it. Cause you're just giving me more energy to prove me wrong. If we're ever playing, I call being on your team, though. That's all I'm saying. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> nope. nope. I remember uh, back when I was in middle school, Rashid Wallace was actually my coach for a, a year or two. Um, wow. Both of his sons were on my team. They had just moved to the North Shore area, I think. Okay. I remember him coming in, and our coach was like, "Yeah, this is Rashid. He's going to be coaching with you guys." From <laughs> and like, I was like so young, I didn't even realize like who was standing in front of me. And I just remember seeing my dad like sneakily like taking pictures on the bench. Like, oh, God, <laughs> this is. Trying to get that flick. And, like, yeah, just, like, definitely. Just, like, dunk in practice and like shoot half court shots with ease. And I think it just shows like how incredibly talented NBA players are. And I think people just overlook like the amount of skill it takes to even play in the NBA alone. Yeah. Like it's and crazy. then the mental capacity to be crazy about it. You feel me? A, a little bit insane about yeah. it because you have to like, you feel me? Who's really going to believe other than me of myself being able to make it to the league. You feel me? So it's, yeah. it's far out there, but it, it is what it is. Cause that energy, you back it up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you got to believe in yourself. Like, I, I coach now, and I tell the kids, look, a lot of people going to tell you you're not going to make the NBA, but guess what? Mm-hmm. Everybody in the NBA heard that same line as they was preparing, trying to make it to this. So it can be done, but you got to obsess over it. it it's got to be – even when you get there and you get the money. I know we see some guys now, they kind of get the money, and, you know, their game kind of falls by the wayside. They kind of chill. You got to still have that passion that drive that that love yeah i need to do it every day of my life or it won't my life won't be what i want you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. it won't make me happy like this brings me happiness you know what i'm saying it's happiness it's therapy it's you know i've been loving this game since i was a kid like i don't know what you know it's mama mentality. Look, it's on the wall. Yeah. I, be yeah. kids, like, <laughs> I be trying to tell the kids. That's it. Yep. Yep. Craig, yep. how old were you when you realized, like, okay, I, I have a shot here? I mean, uh, I wrote a story about it in a paper, and I couldn't have been no more than eight years old. Wow. That's awesome. Manifest. And I, yeah. The manifest was real. And it was just like, yeah, there was nothing. Like, I was telling myself in stories I was giving to my teachers. <laughs> and my teachers would be like, oh, that's great. 
But what you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, wishful thinking. Have an A B C D. Mm-hmm. Yes, you should have an A B C D, but at, at the same time, when you truly love something, you give it your all. Yeah. You do whatever it takes. Cause that's what it's about. You know? Yeah, that's true. It's a test of faith too. How much do you love it? Yeah. Um, moving on from basketball though, obviously you're not just a basketball player. You're up to a lot of things now. You're on Instagram, YouTube, new to TikTok as well. Um, and you're also an ambassador for the Clippers. You want to talk about a little bit of like what it's like to uh, be an ambassador for the Clippers and then starting to become yeah, it's just, a media influencer as well. Yeah, it's pretty cool just to um, be someone who can inspire a young generation. Um, so, you know, we have a mentorship program. I mean, Obviously, it's a little bit um, different now, but back then we were able to go outside, you know, I was able to really talk to the kids and, you know, explain to them certain things and and tell them through my story, you know, how to never give up, how to go out and achieve, how to always believe in yourself, even when other people doubt you. Um, So that was really good for me because I feel like I do want to be that to the young generation. I do want them to see my face and know, yes, I am real. And yes, you can do these things too. So it's just really cool doing that. And I mean, recently we just did a, like a dinner with Harold and Bales. Um, it's, it's a famous um, Cajun restaurant um, from LA, third generation, I believe of, of owners as well. So um, that was really cool. So it's it's a great experience and, and being home and being to do something to still have a great relationship with the team that I once played for is really, really cool. Um, the social media stuff, man, it's it's new to me, but, I, you know, people have always told me like, hey, you know, this could be a good situation for me. I mean, yeah, for me, if, you know, you just go out there and, and, and show yourself, you know, show your personality and stuff like that. So um, it's been going well. It's a learning experience, but I am enjoying it. Uh, there's been some cool videos that I've been doing, so it's really cool. And just trying to finish the rest of my uh, children's book that I had recently um, written another one in July, I believe. So I'm just really trying to figure that part out. And um, this is all new to me, of course, because basketball has been my whole life. But at the same time, I've always knew that there was going to be different things that I would like, just like basketball. And, and um, I'm starting to find those things and, and it's going well. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on and telling us kind of your story, walking through some good memories you had and kind of what's to come for Craig Smith, I guess. Uh, We appreciate you for coming on. Um, For those of you guys listening, watching, I will make sure to plug all of Craig's social medias down below, Um, links to his YouTube, things like that. So you can go check him out. Um, He's also very active on TikTok. So if you go and comment on his TikToks, he will answer. I will. I will. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks again, Craig. We appreciate it. I appreciate you guys, man. Best of luck. Yeah, you too. Thanks for coming, man. All right. Special thanks again to Craig for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, But we're going to move on with the rest of the podcast. Um, But before we do, we have to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Manscaped. Uh, For those of you who don't know us, last episode we announced it. They sponsored our podcast. So you can now go and get 20% 20% off all Manscaped products um, using our code Crown Hoops. Uh, they actually sent us each a bunch of free products to try out and use. Mike's repping that t-shirt over there. Yes, sir. Yes, um, sir. Last episode, we started, I think we started the ad read. We were saying 
uh, Mike, how excited were you? And Mike was saying he was real excited. So, Mike, <laughs> I got to point it back to you. Hey, do it. Let's do it. Hey, so look, I just want to let y'all know right here on this podcast, I'm officially manscaped up everywhere. <laughs> look, take that however you want. Look, 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 look. You got it. It was a, the deodorant, all of that. I showered first, put the deodorant on. I felt real at home. I felt safe. I felt safe when I put it on, but I felt fresh. Then I hit the little toner with the spritz. Look, your balls can't smell like bounce that ass, all right? So make sure you're using the spritz. All of it was amazing. Thank you, Manscaped. Everything. Look, my wife loved it. I loved it. Is that hey? I was waiting. This is what I was waiting for. I was waiting for my package, and it was everything I thought it'd be. So hey, I'm with it. Manscape it up. Manscape it is the gift that up. keeps on giving your balls. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. Get that package. Just look at this. Look at how like I was just like blown away by how fancy this package was. Like it's beautiful, nice and clean. Yeah. Opens up. Very fancy. Bang. Your balls. balls. Well, thank you. Thank your you. balls. There was, we go. I was just like, wow, that's yeah. that's great packaging. The gold. The gold print. <laughs> Listen, if you're, not, if you're not scaping with Manscaped, just grow up. Amen. Go buy yourself a lawnmower 3.0. Exactly. It's worth it. It is worth it. Off. Check the link in our description and make sure to use our promo code Crown Hoops. Moving on, we will start us right off with the hot take segment. So, Ben, I will pass it over to you. All right. Yeah. So, hey, this could be construed sort of as a keyboard warrior, um, but I'm, I'm going to just uh, call it what it is. It's a hot take. Steve Nash was seen telling a ref during last week's Hawks-Nets game that Trey Young's play style is not basketball. Um, he was, of course, referencing sort of the get ahead of your man off the screen, back up into him, pop a shot, ref calls a foul. Nash, obviously playing in like the early 2000s, was not a fan of this. Um, called it not basketball. Would you say... Mike, would you say that that's like not basketball and not the way the game is supposed to be played? Um, look, much much respect to Steve Nash. He know he knows the game way more than I I'll, I'll ever know it. But it's it's part of the game. I mean, James Harden gets fouls all types of ways. Shooters look for fouls all types of ways. If you're coming off a screen and you're sprinting after the man to get back in the play, and he stops and pulls up, and you run into him, I mean, it's a foul at the end of the day. So in my opinion, the defender just has to be aware of that or your coach needs to put um, you guys in better position to be able to guard that. I mean, I think it's a foul. If you run smack into a player, it's not his fault you ran into him because you're sprinting to catch up on defense. That's not the offensive player's responsibility. That's not his problem. All he knows is I'm going to score or dish the bucket. So to me, it's a foul. It may be a cheap foul. Like we said, we hate cheap fouls, but at the end of the day, if the ref blow that whistle, and Trey Young going to the line for two, you yeah. got to play with it, man. So it's a foul. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't blame him for being upset. I, I Even just watching, I get kind of tired of that. But it is what it is. I yeah. mean, the, the rules are set up. Physical contact, it's a foul. Um, Jordan, what do you think? I mean, yeah, if, if anything, it's smart basketball on Trey Young's part. If he knows he can get that call every time, why wouldn't you do it, right? You're either going to make that basket and go to the line and get an and one. You're going to be able to pass it out like Mike said, or you're going to be able to – finish the layup strong so I mean I think that's just more time needed in film room for opposing teams to understand that look Trey Young's gonna do this you need to adapt and you need to adjust either find a way to just not foul him I don't know but I, I don't think uh, Steve Nash's comment is correct yeah no I agree and I mean much love to Steve Nash just like Mike said 
two-time MVP. I know we all have our own thoughts about whether or not he deserved those. Greatest Canadian <laughs> player ever to play the game. Um, but I'll, <laughs> I'll move on to the next uh, to the next hot take. And it comes from ESPN's very own Max Kellerman, who said LeBron Iguodala, <laughs> Martians have the death beam pointed at Earth himself. Max Kellerman said that LeBron James needs a ring more than any other player in the league this season. Me personally, a few names come off the top of my head ahead of LeBron. But uh, Jordan, I'll ask you, do you think he's uh, exaggerating a little bit or does LeBron need a ring more than anyone else? I mean, I definitely think he's exaggerating. I mean, you guys know me. I, I never cut LeBron any slack. I'm very hard on him, you could say. But I mean, he's proven everything he's needed to prove at this point. He doesn't need another ring by any means. I mean, what does one more ring for him do at this point? You know, the the conversation of GOAT will never end. It's always, always going to be perspective and, oh, they played in different time eras. So like, how can you, you know, go about that? Another ring is not going to do anything for LeBron, in my opinion. So I, I don't get what Kellerman said. LeBron's proved himself enough, in my opinion. Yeah, Mike, what do you think? I mean, he's on your Lakers. Hey, so look, so – this season, right? Just to make sure I'm clear about it, this season. Um, as much as I, you know, I, I like Max Kellerman, I'm going to have to disagree and I'm going to throw a name you probably wouldn't even expect me to throw in here. Like, I don't even like mentioning this guy's name. But if we're just talking this season, let's talk about Paul George and the LA Clippers. Let's talk about how they went out. Let's talk about them losing, being up 3 mm-hmm. 1 to the Denver Nuggets. Paul George said this season, I'm back. We remember after game one, they beat the Lakers. I'm back. I owe this city a championship. Paul George has already signed his extension. Kawhi Leonard has not. He can be a free agent after this year. So I'm going to put this on Paul George. I think Paul George needs a ring this season. I think the Clippers need to be in the finals this season. I think where Kawhi is going to go is going to be determined a lot off of this season. And Because if Kawhi leaves, you're left with Paul George and a bunch of pieces at that. No disrespect to anybody on that team, but you don't lose Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> at the end of the day, if you got Paul George, I don't care. You do not lose Kawhi Leonard. So I don't think LeBron needs a ring more than Paul George this season because he just got the hard one in L.A. Like, you could, we could say what we want about the competition or how easy, whatever you want to call it. He got the ring in L.A. that everybody said he needed to get when originally they said he was only here for moves. Paul George, it's time to put up or shut up, in my opinion. Playoff P, you gave yourself the name. You didn't show up on last year when, like Skip Bayless likes to say, the Clippers were the prohibited favorite entering in the playoffs to, to make it to the championship and win it. I think Paul George needs a ring this season to validate him in L.A. land. Yeah. No, I mean, Paul George is one just off the top of my head. Like guys like Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Carmelo Anthony, Damian Lillard are all guys that could benefit more from a championship win than LeBron James, who's already got four. And uh, to me, it doesn't matter. To me, it doesn't really matter because the Lakers are all but a lock to win this back-to-back championship this upcoming season. But, yeah. uh, hey, listen, I, I had to show love. But, um, I like that. I like that energy. Yeah. yeah, that was the last hot take. Mike, give me your keyboard warrior of the week. All right, let's do keyboard warrior, man. Now, this could be, like, as usual, it could be keyboard warrior, a little bit of a hot take. Jordan, I want you to really listen up. So, this comes from the NBA Brotherhood, a group I'm part of on Facebook. This comes from a Mr. Isaac Gentry. This was three days ago. 
Not sure if it's true or not, but quite frankly, I don't care as as of this moment. But Jalen Brown could be better than Jason Tatum. Either way, the last thing Boston needs to do is trade either of these studs. So this was obviously following the heels of, I think, Jalen Brown dropped a 40-piece, something like Mm -hmm. that. So I'm going to ask you guys, is it possible that Jalen Brown is better than Jason Tatum? I'll start with you, Ben. It's tough. I mean, I would say – I would say – that first of all, these guys have looked very equal to each other this season. Jason Tatum just dropped a 40 piece against the Raptors tonight in a 12 point win, whatever, moving forward. <laughs> Listen, um, Jason Tatum has by far looked like the more elite, prodigious, just sort of natural talent um, so far in his NBA career, drawn lots of comparisons to, to Kobe in terms of his play style. And he's got the size, length, all of that to compete at the highest level. And, I mean, I like Jalen Brown a lot. He seems like a really smart, down-to-earth, and just humble guy. And, I mean, defensively, I would say he's, he's got a bit of an edge on Jason Tatum. Not that Tatum's a bad defender. But I think Tatum is, Tatum is younger. Tatum's quickly improving. Uh, and he's one day, very soon, going to be in that MVP conversation. Whereas I think J- Jalen Brown, who will likely be an all-star at some point in his career, isn't quite at that elite number one option, you know, guy who can just take over a game at any given moment sort of position quite yet. Yeah, so the thing about that is, and I saw another tweet kind of on this from Kendrick Perkins. He even said that Jalen Brown is the best two-way player in the game. So I'll shift it to you, Jordan, like this. Judging off Brown's defense, which I'm assuming we're all going to probably give him the edge on that, do you think Brown is better than Tatum, and do you think he's the best two-way player in the game or in that conversation? Yeah, so this is a debate that I know at least Celtics fans had when Tatum was first drafted and throughout that rookie year. It was a debate, who's better, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown? And that was a debate people constantly heard. After that year, it kind of shut down a little bit. It was clear that Tatum was the guy. Um, this year it's coming back after Jalen Brown's honestly amazing debut the first few games that he's had. He's looked outstanding. Um, I, I will say that I feel like Jalen Brown is slept on as a player and doesn't get the national attention compared to Jason Tatum. Um, so I feel like, you know, now everyone's talking about it saying, oh, Jalen Brown's kind of good. Is he better than Tatum? Just because he was just recently put into the national spotlight. But people that watch Celtics games every single net game or, you know, even once a week, they see that Jalen Brown, this guy's always been here. He's just never got the, the real attention. And I, I said this going into this year that I expected Jalen Brown to take a big jump this year now that Gordon Hayward is gone. I felt like Gordon Hayward took some of his touches, some of his minutes. We all know that Brad Stevens definitely favored Hayward. Um, so I think this opens up a big role for Jalen Brown. Um, you know, in, in your question of who I think is better, Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, I think Tatum is definitely a more skilled player, but I think Jalen Brown is a much higher IQ player. I think he's a lot smarter of a player. I think he can slow the game down in ways that Jason Tatum still can't do yet. Every once in a while, I still see Tatum trying to make that, that hero move where I'll, where I'll time after time see Jalen Brown make that extra pass if need be. Um, so that's why I think together they really, really work. In terms of, you know, is he the best two-way player? I don't know if I'd say he's the best, but he's definitely in conversation for it. Um, and, and to Ben's comment on Brown potentially being an all-star soon, if he's not an all-star this year, I'm going to be really mad, to be honest. I, I think he really deserves it. Um, I just – I really don't think he's been getting the attention he deserves um, on the court 
I should say, off the court, he's been doing great things and he's been getting a lot of attention for that, which is perfect. Um, but on the court, I definitely don't think he's getting uh, enough recognition. And like you said, I think we had a blind resume challenge uh, not too long ago in these recent episodes. And when you put up Jason Tatum's stats with Jalen Browns, I believe last year, they were nearly identical. So clearly both these guys are moving in the right direction. Small, another extra question. I'm going to give you a little bonus. Is it maybe because Jason Tatum, I mean, like, like people say men are visual creatures, right? Mm-hmm. Is it because Jason Tatum, just it just looks so much better offensively? It's so Kobe-esque. Because remember, people were saying, hey, is this the next Kobe? And I was telling people to back up off of it. Okay. Is it maybe because everything Tatum does just looks <clears throat> prettier than Brown, that maybe he gets more of that recognition? He's flashier. Do you think maybe that plays into it? Tatum's definitely got more of a swagger than Brown, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you look at every year at the draft, we, we make this list of guys, right? And those lists of guys are with us for throughout their entire careers. It's like, oh, this guy at the draft was expected to be so good or he was going to be insane. And that kind of, I feel like, gives bias a little bit sometimes. So Tatum was always expected to be really, really good. So I think we sometimes just assume, like, oh, he's still that guy, right? Jalen right. Brown, some people booed when he got drafted by the Celtics. Um, he was third remember, pick, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember when, when that draft happened, I – was so upset. I really wanted Dragon Bender in that draft. <laughs> imagine, imagine, how imagine different. that. Imagine <laughs> so I'm very thankful I'm not a GM and I leave it to the professionals, but uh, definitely made the right decision. Um, but I think it's just, it, it flows from like the biases you give on draft night. It's like, oh, this guy is supposed to be really good. So he is really good. You know what I mean? Where Jalen Brown never really got that initial hype. So the hype never really built on him. Um, and he's not going to be one of those guys that is you know showing out and shoving it in your face saying hey i'm good take a look at me he's more Kawhi in that way where he wants to let his his actions speak for himself hey that sounds good man that's all i got for the keyboard warrior segment today let let me just let me just oh my bad man real quick quick. that's me my fault i feel like you're you're good you're good i cut you off that's my fault i just wanted to ask because i realized something while you were just wrapping up jordan kind of skirted that question so I'm going to ask you, clear cut, five years from now, who would you rather have if you had to, like, trade one, one walks away in free agency? You can only have one between the who two. Who is it? Who would it be? Pressure's on. Pressure's on. Five years from now, tomorrow. I mean, they're pretty much the same age, so regardless. Yeah, I, I would probably – Going down the line. I would probably have to say Jason Tatum. I think he has a higher potential. <clears throat> um, there are a few things that I think would really improve his game. Same with Jalen Brown, but – you know, if you ask anyone who they're taking, it's going to be Jason Tatum. Anyone that says Jalen Brown is just looking for attention. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Crown Hoops podcast. Uh, before we go, though, I do need to announce our contest winners uh, for our last episode, episode 50. We did a contest where it basically if you tweeted us or tagged us on an Instagram post, whatever, you'd be entered to win a NBA jersey if you're choosing and something off of our Crown Hoops merch store. We do have two winners. It was a random draw I did off of some website that was like computer generated. I did that before we recorded. Uh, winning the jersey is our very own, and I swear I did not rig this, Matt Huff winning the jersey. <laughs> so, Matt, send me a DM, uh, and I will make sure to get that to you. And then winning the Crown Hoops merch, so anything from our store, uh, Tyler Ward off of Twitter. Uh, sent us a screenshot of our podcast so again send me a dm and i'll make sure to get that out to you thank you guys for listening um as always my name is jordan daly with me this week we had mike white ben akazawa and craig smith 
and we will see you guys next time. Peace.